Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. We've got a Brentford preview for you now, which is a chat with Brentford fan Billy the Bee from the Bee Sotted podcast, giving you a flavour of what Brentford fans are feeling about the game on Saturday. If you enjoy these episodes, we'll endeavour to do as many as we can of them throughout the season. Go on, Stoke. Hi, Billy. First off, if you could introduce yourself and the Bee Sotted podcast. My name's Billy Grant. And I co-run the Besotted podcast, which can be found on besotted.com. We're also a fanzine. We go for over 25 years. We're also a blog. We're also a video blog. You can check out all our Besotted videos, all our podcasts. We do a podcast after the match. So after the Stoke game, there'll be a podcast live, probably about 6.30, with views from both Brentford and Stoke City fans. And also, you check us. We did a lot of stuff over at the World Cup and the European Championships. If you check out Besotted.com or go to our YouTube channel, Besotted1992, you check out loads of stuff, especially from the World Cup and even more stuff to go up from there. Where in the table do you think Brentford should be aiming for this season? If anyone knows anything about Brentford, we like to keep ourselves under the radar. We're a team who've been languishing around in the lower divisions for years and years. That's all I've known, lower division football. None of this Premier League nonsense, no interest in that, really. You know, lower league football is where we've been at for years. And uh, to be honest with you, we we love it. We love it down there. It's a great league. There's a lot of of great fun, a lot of great teams, a lot of great fans down here. And uh, it's very exciting. Um, We got taken over by a new owner, Matthew Benham. Uh, I say new owner, but took it over by him probably about six or seven years ago. And he slowly started to put some money into the club. He's a Brentford fan through and through. But also what he bought with him, and you should read up on this because it's very interesting, a different approach on how we're going to have our club run. And it's taken a few years to get us up to scratch, but eventually we think that we're getting there now. We've got a head coach type system. Everybody is now batting on the same sides. Four or five years ago, we were perceived as doing well, but not everyone within the club was batting on the same side. You had people within the club who wanted to go and do their own thing, but now everyone is batting on the same side. And also we've got a system where we use traditional scouting methods, but also the owner, who is very rich, and he, he's made his money from actually analysing data. Data that is his own data. He doesn't sell it to anyone. So no one knows what he does with it, how he does with it, or what the data is. But he also uses that data to find players that no one's ever heard of. And we get these little jewels that no one's ever heard of. And then two years later, everyone's heard of them. And then we flog them for lots of money, unfortunately. But then we buy more. And that's all good. So I had to give that little note for you, for the Stoke fans out there, just to give a little vibe we're about. Because people always say Brentford, small team, small budget. We've got probably about the fourth lowest budget in the division. But we've been top 10 for the last four seasons in the championship. And um, this season, we've been looking good so far. Sold a couple of players. For seven million at the beginning, uh, we got in a couple of replacements for four million. Uh, we think that it's a step up. So what we do is we always try and replace players with what we feel are better players, but for less money and more obscure players. So coming back to the question, how are we going to do this season? What we're aiming for? We're staying below the radar, but the football that we played last season was unbelievable. We created the most chance in the most division. We had the most possession, the highest possession. Possession doesn't necessarily get you goals, we know, but we missed a lot of chances last season. We had a lot of opportunities, but we didn't put them into the back of the net. If we put those opportunities in the back of the net, like we did at Rotherham on Saturday when we beat them 5-1, then you just never know with Brentford. But as we say, we're trying to keep under the radar. How do you rate your manager? Dean Smith, manager, head coach, whatever you want to call it. Dean Smith came in when the owner decided to change from a manager system 
to a hedge coach system. He wanted to have somebody who could actually seamlessly come in and out of the Brentford system, believed in the Brentford way, but if that person was to ever leave, somebody else could step in and it would be a seamless gap. Dean Smith understood that when he came there. It took him a couple of years to get up to speed, to be fair. Couple of first couple of seasons, he went on runs where we didn't win for probably like, you know, won one game in like 20. And everyone's going, oh no, Dean Smith, you know, you've got to get rid of him. And the next game, he sort of like pretty, pretty much won every game in the next 20. So he went on these kind of very strange runs with Dean Smith. But to be fair, again, to our owner, he gave him time. He gave Dean Smith time to grow and understand what the club was about. And also, apparently, we were in a little bit of a mess at the time. We had players from the older regime and then they had players of the new regime and there's a lot of politics in the dressing room and he had to sort all that out and try and bring in new players with the scouting network that we've got and just sort a lot of things out and he was very, very patient and apparently he was very instrumental in getting us from being a little bit of a kind of team that could do very well but had a lot of stuff going on underneath it. Things like James Talkowski, when he decided he wanted to leave, he just went on strike. He just said, I'm not playing for you anymore and he went on strike and they had to manage situations like that. Eventually, he got his move to Burnley, but it didn't go down particularly well. But Dean Smith had to deal with that, you know, in the dressing room at the time as he's tried to build his own team and people that are basically behind him instead of having players from the old regime who are a little bit like, who are you then? You know, what, you, what, do you, what have you ever done? You know, you tell me what you've done. So I think that now he's got a, t- a team which are his team, his people, him with the scouting system and the scouts out there and the tactical and the analytical people between themselves have chosen a set of players that he's very happy with. And as a manager, he's low profile. He doesn't say much. He doesn't jump up and down on the side. But he's a really nice bloke. And obviously he plays wicked football for us. And it's taken some of the fans, not all of them, a bit of time to get behind it. But now everyone's now convinced that Dean Smith is a very good manager for Brentford. You know, will he take us to the next level? Listen, he's stuck with us so far and we've stuck with him. So listen, let's just see how it goes. But we're happy with him. Good one, Dean. Looking at the size of your stadium and things like that, is it fair to say that Brentford have punched well above their weight recently? And what's been the secret of your success? People say Brentford punch above their weight. I mean, yeah, you could say that as well. But you know, I'll ask another question. What is the definition of a big team? You know, you hear this, you know, when you play Leeds, we should be beating you. We've got this phrase, teams like Brentford. If you look on the besotted.com website, we've got these T-shirts, teams like Brentford. It's a hashtag because people always say we shouldn't be beaten by teams like Brentford, you know, when we go there. So it's, there's three of us in particular, but it's us and it's Preston and it's also Barnsley. Three teams because every time we play teams and we beat them, teams are going, we shouldn't be beaten by teams like Brentford or teams like Barnsley or teams like Preston. And we sort of see it as a bit of a, an honour. We think it's quite funny, actually. So, um, yeah, punching above our weight, what's the definition of a big team? At the end of the day, you're only as good as the team that you put out there and the, everything that's going around you. Sunderland last season, inverted commas, big team, but they're a complete and utter mess and they were only destined to go one way. So should we be beating them or should we not be beating them? To be quite honest with you, I was disappointed when Sunderland came down and we actually only drew with them at Griffin Park because we should have given the right good spanking. And I'm not saying that in an arrogant way. I'm just saying it's about the players that you put out there. It's about your setup. And we've been working on our setup to try and get it working properly behind the scenes as well as on the pitch for a few years now. Three or four years ago, maybe we couldn't have said that. But now we've got things in place. So, you know, I understand what you're saying about punching above their weight. But, you know, we've got a system that works for us. We pull in players that are cheap, but they're decent. You know, we've got everyone who works for the club 
they're working towards the same goal. So um, the, the secret of our success is we've been building a team and we've got, we've got a, a back stru a structure which is behind the scenes which works and we've also got a team that are pulling together. So they're pulling together as a team as opposed to a load of individuals. And like I said to you, we buy these players. Ollie Watkins, yeah, Division 2, you know, decent player in Division 2, but we took him from Division 2 to the championship and you know he scored 11 goals last season and he's looking hot and he's looking hot this season Scott Hogan paid £750,000 for him from Rochdale brought him up to the championship and everyone laughed at us saying we didn't have a proven striker he got injured after one game was out for two years and then two years later he's come back played less than 20 games we sold him for £9 million, um, to Aston Villa you know, or twelve million, I think it might have been. So it's just kind of this is just what we do. This is kind of Brentford, and this is just what we do. And you know, it may not work some weeks. We might lose some weeks, or we might bring players in who we think are really good, but they're going to take a while. They might take a year to get up to scratch. Neil Malpe last season, he was finding his feet in the division. You'll see him. He's our striker, number nine. He was seriously finding his feet in the division. He missed loads of chances, loads and loads of chances. But in general, people were patient with him. They got behind him. You know, in the end, he came off the bench. He still scored, I think it was about 13 or 14 goals last season. Um, he got hammered for missing one goal. If you look at it, Cardiff City, and you Google it, he missed this goal, which is an open goal of Cardiff City, and he, I think he shot it over from, from about two yards. And on social media, it went absolutely berserk. And he, he suffered from that to, to a certain extent. But he's only been in this country for three months, and he's still learning the game, and he's still learning the championship. And we stuck with him, and now I believe that Neil Malpay could be a 20-goal a season striker and I've said it and if you write any pre-season article that I've written on I've said that as well so Brentford punching above their weight yeah I suppose if you want to put it in, on, on writing I suppose they are but the reality is we're just you know we're just doing the right things Are there any particular players in the Brentford side who Stoke fans should be wary of? So Stoke City, who should you be looking out for? Well, it's a bit of a difficult one, this one, because, uh, like I said to you, we play together as a team. Um, looks like Ryan Woods, who is one of our key players, is not going to be there on Saturday. Um, he's got quite a few teams that are in for him, bidding in for him, including Swansea. So the chances are that he won't be there. Um, great little player. Every time we play, all the opposition fans always go, who's that little ginger guy in the middle? He's fantastic. But Brentford have already got a few plans in place to uh, to move it up to that next level, you know, if Ryan Woods goes. So let's see what happens and who's going to be in that position on Saturday. It might be one of our um, existing players like Scott McEachran, who played for Chelsea. He's been in and out for injury, but he played on Saturday against Rotherham. He had a very good game, you know. Um, we had Lewis McLeod as well, who he came from Rangers. He's been in and out for injury a lot as well. Hasn't played as much as he should do. And he played against Rotherham. He also had a very good game. So those two guys, interesting new additions. Obviously, we've got Neil Malpay. I spoke to him about him before. Neil, obviously, we've got Neil Malpay. I spoke about him before. And uh, he's, I think he's a great little player. He's a little terrier. And he's a player that really winds people up. Um, Ollie Watkins, again, who we got him from the Division 2 Exeter. Great little player as well. He's strong. He's fast. And technically, he's very, very good. Um, we've got a new player called Saeed Benrama. Um, maybe he might play, he might be on the bench. And we got him when we vlogged Joseph soon to Derby and we brought him in. He's coming from Nice, very highly rated. And we've seen him play only a few minutes. I think he still needs to get up to speed because he's not had a, a full close season with Brentford. 
but when he does come on, he looks like a tricky little character. Um, Remain Sawyers, you know, hopefully Remain will still be there. I don't know if there's been any much action around Remain, but you never know. Last season, Harry Redknapp came in the last day of the season, bought three of our inverted commas top players, um, Hotter, Harley Dean and Maxine Collin, which upset a lot of Brentford fans. He did give us 12 million for them. Uh, we reinvested that money very well and we hammered Birmingham City 7-0 on aggregate, which is very good for us because we, uh, us and Birmingham don't, have great history, let's just say. So that was absolutely marvellous. And especially as Harley Dean, the defender after he left, says that the Birmingham team that he's joined are 10 times better than the Brentford team that almost got to the Premier League a few years ago. Anyway, that, I digress from saying about managers coming in, plucking your players. I'm hoping that no one plucks uh, Romain Sawyers because he's a great player, great attacking uh, midfielder. Uh, I say attacking midfielder, but you know, he's a great um, striking option even for us as well. Or he plays off the striker. Um, and he's great, and he's a very, very, very clever player. You know, as you can see, if he puts the passes through that no one else knows how to do that. So we'll see. So we've got quite a lot of players out there. Sergi Canos, I mean, I could go through the whole team. There's a lot of players to look out for Brentford, but the main thing is that we play together as a team, and you look at us, they look like they're actually enjoying themselves when they play. Got to give a little mention to Dalsgaard on number two, or number 22 as he is. He actually played in the World Cup for Denmark, and he was one penalty kick away from actually playing England in the quarter-finals of the World Cup as well. So good on you, Dalsgaard. And what are you expecting from your trip to Stoke? So what players should Brentford be looking out for for Stoke City? I mean, obviously, Jack Butland, great goalkeeper. You know, again, like Daniel Bentley with us, goalkeeper. If your goalkeeper's uh, having a man-of-the-match type um, situation, then you know that the opposition are actually having a good game. So uh, we'd like to see uh, what he's going to... Hopefully, he's going to be very busy on Saturday, the Butland. Uh, I'd like to sort of give a little shout to Tom Ince because Tom Ince, I remember he played for Derby. He got transferred to Derby for a lot of money at the time. I think it was Tom Ince and Bent. I think they went to Derby and, and uh, their combined wages was something like £100,000 a week, which is which is so ridiculously out of the, the, the question, you know, at that, that, that time. And I, I was a bit in awe of Ince because I thought, yeah, he's a good little player, dangerous little player. And we were just little old Brentford at the time, as we thought, just come up into the division. But... Um, we, we, we matched them that season. I think our highest player was on about eight grand a week or seven grand a week, you know. So it's an interesting little match-up, uh, match that one. But like Tom Ince, like I said, he always formed a little bit of danger. I think he went up to the Premier League and he didn't necessarily compete so well there. But it'll be interesting to see him come back down to this division, to see what he can do. Uh, Benicophobia as well, when he was at Wolves, um, he was smashing the place up. I mean, to be fair, he was scoring lots of goals again. We came up with Wolves from Division 1 to the Championship. They won the league. We finished second. So we came up together and we were in the leagues together at the same time. And to be quite honest with you, over the years, we actually always finished higher than Wolves. You know, if we finished, you know, fifth, Wolves finished seventh. You know, if we finished eighth, they finished lower than us all the time, which is quite interesting. It's only since their injection of money where they've taken it up to another level. So, uh, and like I said to you, Benicophobia is one of those players we think, boy, you know, he's just been banging the goals in for them. And he did really, really well. He got his move to the Premier League and now he's back with you guys playing in this division. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not he's kept up what he could do then or whether or not he's kind of a bit of a falling grace and, you know, he's passed his best. So that'll be quite interesting. You know, Saido Berrinho is interesting. He played for Brentford as well. He played for Brentford when he was at West Brom. Got him on loan. Uwe Rosler in our very early days when we were still setting up and starting to play the passing football that we're playing now. And Saido came on and he scored an absolutely wicked goal against Carlisle, it was on television, I think he might have even scored two goals that day, but he was a few weeks later was sent packing by 
Uwe Rosler got he got involved in some sort of spat with the players and spat with Uwe Rosler and did some sort of Twitter thing and started slagging everybody else off. And I think maybe because he didn't want to put him in the side or he said he had to train hard or he did something like that and he just started to slag everybody else off and Uwe Rosler sent him packing back to West Brom and he could have got a good old ticking off from the West Brom manager then and uh, we were just a little bit like, he's a good player but you know, you've got to have the right attitude. With Brentford, you've got to be a team player and he obviously wasn't a team player. He probably thought, I've come from the Premier League, I'm big, bitter, bigger and better than all this lot. What are they telling me what to do? And he went back and he kind of had to just learn his game a little bit. So, yeah, that's, uh, there's, that's, there's a few players there which I thought I'd uh, throw into the pot about um, Stoke City. You asked me about the players, but there's also asking about the manager, Gary Rowett. We know Rowett quite well from this division. I have to admit, I don't rate Gary Rowett at all. When he's at Birmingham City, I know they all loved him. The brand of football that he played was horrendous there. Um, they beat us quite a lot. Quite bullyish, quite bigish. They used to bully us, and uh, we always used to smash him on the park. All the possession, miss load of chances. Then he'd come and they'd hit us on the break, and they beat us two-one or one-nil. Birmingham City all the time, and the Birmingham fans would say to us, "I've got no idea how we won that." So when he went to Derby County, again, oh the tower, oh, that football that he was playing. I mean, we just went, "Oh God, you know, you wouldn't wish that on your on your best mate." And Derby came one down. They played us. Um, they got a goal very early. It's a Tuesday night, I remember. All the Punjabi Rams and them lot, they came down. Um, they got a goal very early on. And then, literally, I'm not being funny, they did not come out of their half like, for the whole of the match. At one point, we had 91% possession in that game, right? And they didn't come out of the half. We drew one all in the end, but I was really disappointed. And I say, out of all the teams that season, and we had Burton, we had your Barnsleys, we had, I think we had, I don't know if we had Rotherham that season, I can't remember exactly who we had, but we had some terrible teams. But I said that Derby County were the worst team to have come to Griffin Park that season. It was last season even. I know they got up, they got to the playoffs, but I never thought they were going to get anywhere because with that brand of football, oh, it's horrendous. So I'm sorry, Stoke fans, I'm not disrespecting you yourself as your team, but your manager, I just can't stand his style of football. And um, I don't know, maybe it might work for you and you've got bigger, stronger players and you and mix it up a little bit and play a little bit as well as doing that defensive stuff and that negative stuff. But that negative brand of football oh, mate, and, and, and the inability to change it up and his tactics and everything like that, you know, considering the amount of money that he's had at the teams that he's had, mate, not for me. When we played that Derby game, I remember in the second half, like I said, all my mates were down there with Derby mates. And we laughed about it in the pub afterwards because they said to us they wish they bought binoculars because the ball never was in their half. Like they're attacking our goal at any time in the second half. It was always in their their half where they were defending. So basically Brentford were attacking them for the whole of the last 45 minutes. And on top of that, they actually had 11 men behind the ball. So they had 11 men in their own half for pretty much the whole of that game. It was There's a photograph actually on Bissotted's Twitter, B-W-S-O-T-T-E-D's Twitter, which had a photograph of all the, the Derby players in their one half and the Brentford attacking them. And it was just, it was quite bad, actually. It was it was horrendous. It really did. Oh, I thought Derby were going to go down that season. But they came back and they, they, they did what they had to do. Hitting people on the break. But it's 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 not good to watch, trust me. Well, I've not been to Stoke since, ooh, I think it was uh, 2000, 2001 was the last time I went to Stoke. Stoke-Brentford, I remember going to the stadium. Um, in fact, I think it might have even been 2001. It might have been the first time we played you. 
It was uh, Stoke City versus Brentford. It was April 2000. I remember, really remember going to that game. It's the first time that we played you in a long time since 1992. So, uh, you know, it, it was a long time, 1992, You know, it's... Uh, we hadn't played you, and I remember going to the ground, and I remember going inside there. All I remember was the noise. The noise that the, 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 the Stoke fans singing, and the noise was so loud. We got beaten. I think we got beaten that game 1-0. And, uh, yeah, you know, I remember that. I went back there a few other times as well after that. 2001, we went there a couple of times. And I think we went there the year that we eventually got to the playoffs with Stoke City as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, my little visits to Stoke were, you know, I've been there. And also the time, I went the time before that as well when we played you, 1992. And I remember we actually did a barge, a boat trip. We did a little, did one of my coach trips. And I came up and then we ended up getting a barge. And I remember we went down the river, went past the, the radio station, which is on the canal somewhere. And we went up and down the barge. We all dressed up as sort of Mexicans and Grange Hill characters and all sorts of stuff. And then we came off the coach, we wrote down the road. It's a Victoria ground, I think it was then, your old ground. And we walked down the road and people came running out of the pubs looking at us, thinking, what are these strange people doing in Mexican gear? And we went to the game and then we ended up going back afterwards and doing a detour, going to Telford Tigers ice hockey game and we were invited on the pitch at half-time. And you can imagine all these sort of drunken Brentford fans who've been out all day in these ponchos and Mexican gear on the ice at half-time at Telford Tigers ice hockey match. We were meant to do some sort of presentation but there was all sorts of slipping going on and everything like that. It was a, it was a very, very, very bizarre day. As per usual, we'd lost again but, you know... For us, because we're lower league, you know, we're so used to losing, it's all about the day out and, you know, the football also is a bit of a side effort. So, Stoke City, you know, there's quite a few Beast fans who are coming up for it. I mean, obviously it's holiday time, so there's a lot of us here on holiday as well, but a lot, a lot of people are coming up, looking out for the day out. Still got to do a little bit of research as the places to go to, like, like a little bit of real ale action, you know, like do like a little bit of chat with, you know, local fans if they like to do a little bit of chat and a mingle as well. So, uh, yeah, we're going to come up there. We'll be up there from about 11 o'clock on Saturday. Going back about 7 o'clock, um, really looking forward to getting to the stadium, really looking forward to a lot of noise and looking forward to Brentford playing some, some great football again and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll surprise some people out there because a lot of people, especially like I said, you're coming down from the Premier League, don't quite know what to expect from Brentford. Uh, the teams in this division now, they do and they know what we're all about but hopefully we're going to go up there and we're going to surprise a few people from Stoke and, uh, and let's see, let's hope it's a good game. And finally, if we can have a score prediction from you. Getting a draw will be a very good result. I'm actually recording this before you actually played Leeds United. Just in case you don't know, Leeds United are champions of Europe, so you have to be very careful when you go there because you're playing the champions of Europe. And, uh, well, they'll tell you that they're the champions of Europe. Any of the fans who are listening to this podcast now and uh, you've had the Leeds fans come down, you will have no doubt have heard them singing that. And hopefully it makes you chuckle as much as it makes us chuckle. We actually start singing back to them, champions of Europe, which really confuses them. But anyway... Once you've taken on the champions of Europe and possibly beaten them, you're going to have to take on the Mighty Bees, which is a completely different prospect. I would say a draw is a good result for us to know there. And to get a one-all draw up at Stoke, you know, you just come down and you're one of the teams that they're predicted to, uh, to do well this season, then I say that's great. So I'm going to go for a one-all draw, but I'm going to come back to the fact that I know we play absolutely wicked football. And uh, let's just see how that goes. Everyone have a good game. Happy new season to you all Stoke fans and I'll see some of you on Saturday in a bar somewhere. Up the bees.